Something I didn't anticipate coming out of this is that period of growth for myself that I don't know that I would have, I think it would have taken me a, a lot longer to get there had it not been for something that on paper is a terrible thing to go through. But for me, it was just a chance to really understand that I needed to, I needed to grow up too. I needed to change a few things about myself too. Welcome to the Beautifully Broken Podcast, brought to you by AmpCoil. I'm your host, Freddie Kimmel, and on this show, we discuss the common thread survivors share after walking through the fire, the practitioners making a difference, and the treatment modalities that deliver healing back into the hands of the people who need it most. Witness the inspiration we gain by navigating the human experience with grace, humility, and a healthy dose of mistakes. Because part of being human is being beautifully broken. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Beautifully Broken Podcast. I have an amazing episode, so timely with the holidays. I have some guests here in Rochester, New York. I have Adam and Debbie Petzold, and we are going to talk a little bit about nesting. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Can we start off, can you guys give me your definition of nesting? So nesting was kind of coined by Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin. So that was kind of how they became popular and in pop culture. So nesting is basically, okay, so if people end up getting separated or divorced and they have children and they want to put the children first and they don't want to transfer the child and all the child's worldly belongings between two places. Uh, what we do is we have one home that the our son stays at. And while he's here, whoever has him for that night is with him at the house. And whoever is not is at the other place. And in our case, that is a rental property. And we have a multifamily house, and we have one of the apartments in that house, a two-bedroom apartment. So everyone's got their own bedroom, but nobody is there at the same time. Okay, so there's a nest. (laughs) Yes, that's very complicated, right? It's a complicated way to say there's a nest. There's there's a nest nest. for the child, which is always maintained. He has a safe home base. And just for everybody at home, um, Adam, Debbie, and I went to college together, and I sang at their wedding, which is a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. I sang, I sang The Luckiest from Ben Folds. Oh, they're pointing at the wall. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, there's right some, there. There's some beautiful pictures on the wall of the wedding, the ceremony. And you guys are a wonderful couple and a wonderful team at The Game of Life. And I've always admired your guys' open communication and the the love that you guys share. And there was a time when you came to your relationship and you decided um, you didn't want to be married anymore. And along with that came the planning for the child that you had had, beautiful, beautiful son named Gavin. And your choice was to to maintain this nest. Why did you guys go with that decision? I think from from my perspective, I really looked at Adam to to come up with the solution. For, for me, my parents have been married for over 40 years. And I never really intended, I don't think anybody intends to separate or get divorced when they get married. And I had no idea what to do. I knew that Adam and I had reached a point in our lives where even though we cared very much for each other, that our marriage wasn't going to continue to work. So 
when Adam and I said, you know, we've got to figure this out, neither one of us wanted to have this situation that he grew up in, which was, you know, you you feel this struggle between your parents. You care very much about them, but maybe you're a little bit resentful of the fact that one person gets your family home, the other person moves into an apartment that probably doesn't feel like home, and you're shuttled back and forth between those two places. So how do we avoid that? And when Adam suggested nesting, you know, the first thing that my sister, who I'm, you know, she's my best friend, she's like, are you crazy? Why would you want to, you know, why would you want to buy property with somebody that you're divorcing? What if something goes wrong? This just doesn't seem like a good idea. And so for lack of a better idea, though, we really said, all right, if we want to make this a reality, let's sit down and figure out how could this actually work? What type of property would we need? Would it need to be close to work? You know, how far are we willing to drive knowing that we both work in the same town, knowing our son needs to still stay relatively close by and feel comfortable with the property that we picked out too. That was a big thing was making sure Gavin was a part of that to say, when mom and dad aren't here, does he know where we are? And is he okay with, yep, when mom's at the apartment, I know what that place looks like. I've been there. Maybe I slept over. She's got a couple things there and and we're safe, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So it really does take, uh, listen, it takes a special human being. It takes a special connection to be able to do this. You know, obviously we, as as we've all been on the planet roughly 40 years, the three of us, mm-hmm. you know, collectively <laughs> 120, which is incredible. There's a lot of knowledge in the room. Uh, um, we, we've all seen relationships end different ways and sometimes very hostile, a lot of animosity. And your um, choice was to to really work through things with, you know, uh, a lot of – I felt like love was always in the room, even though I know how hard it was at the time. I remember some of those conversations with Adam. (laughs) And I remember, you know, trying to support him the the best that I could through that. But I remember you coming to me and saying, we found a house that we're going to buy together. (laughs) And to me, I was like – what? You're crazy. What? Yeah. Why are you buying property yeah. again? You already <laughs> own property with someone that you no longer want to be married to. Yeah. But the plan was to have this nest and to, to create, you know, to hold the home base. And then one of you had somewhere to pivot to. So so how did that go when you first jumped into it? Tell me about like the initial three months. It's really hard. It's really hard to set up a new routine and make that comfortable for everybody and still focus on Gavin and realize quickly that you have to communicate more with your partner than you ever did when you were married. And a lot of times that's when it breaks down is when communication breaks down in a marriage. Uh, you know, you don't get it back and that's when people separate. And now all of a sudden I'm texting her more than I ever have before just to coordinate, you know, with Gavin. And it's kind of hard. It feels bizarre. It feels like you have to find yourself. And I think both of us actually, we didn't jump into other relationships. We didn't, you know, we dated ourselves. We did that thing and we kind of found who we were again. And we really took our time with that and still, focused on Gavin. And you, when you don't have to focus on your marriage, as bad as that sounds, all of your attention goes to your child and becoming a better uh, father and a better mother. And it seems kind of crazy and selfish to have that time to yourself. But then when you are with them, it's much better quality time because you're 
hyper-focused on making sure that he's okay. And I think also, too, that the um, it depends on the age, and everybody's different. And I will say that you want to get everyone's advice, but it, it's really hard to tune people out. And I think we did a really good job of you know, making the decision that was right for our family because only the three of us knew what that is. And it's really hard to tune out, you know, everyone else's opinion. While we appreciate it, it's uh, something that's that's tough to do for sure, whether it's your mother, your sister, or your best friend, uh, when you're asking for advice and then you say, hey, this is what we're doing. And everyone's like, you're nuts. (laughs) <laughs> so so how long has it been? How long have you guys been in this nesting phase? I think it's four or five years now. September of 15. So, and it's is when we closed on that house, when we moved into that apartment. So, yeah, what is it? So that's five years, over mm-hmm. five years. Mm-hmm. And what about, um, how much did you involve Gavin's school, his educational pillars? We, um, at first, I think we were so worried about, you know, how are we going to work through this as a family? We, we knew we had to talk to Gavin's teacher. Um, and he was in, gosh, what grade was he in then? Well, he was five, so it was kindergarten. Yeah. And, you know, what was interesting was when we talked to his kindergartner teacher and said, this is kind of what's going on. You know, we, we know that. Um, we're hoping that it's not an interruption for Gavin. We're hoping that he is, you know, feeling like I get extra time with mom. Certain nights of the week, I get extra time with dad. It's one-on-one time, and it's not a someone's missing. It's I get 100% of their attention. And we hit the calendar, and it was very much developmental. So at that age, it's very much who's gonna, who's making me dinner. You know, that's what they care about. It's like, okay, who's going to be here? You know, they're... You know, at five, you know, six years old, that's kind of, it's like immediate, okay, who's going to be there? And as long as they know that, then right. then they're fine. They're, they don't look past that, you know. And uh, then we got the therapist mm-hmm. uh, who he's been with and has been great. Yeah, we ended up, after we talked to Gavin's school, um, one of the things that my mom had suggested was, you know, it's going to be hard for someone who is, you know, for a child who's five or six years old to really be able to articulate how he's feeling, how is this impacting him? We're going to see it more behaviorally than we will any sort of, you know, full-on conversation. Hey, mom, I don't really understand what divorce means. I don't understand what being separated means. And so we sought out the services of a local therapist who really specializes in adolescence. And um, he's been amazing. He's been able to Throughout the years, we've seen Gavin um, start to be able to talk more about not just really act out how he's feeling, but be able to talk to us about it. And maybe not so much in the moment while it's happening. It's usually a a reflective after the fact. And he's had a couple questions about, you know, um, I think what's, what's tricky for him is sometimes he still thinks we're married just because we do try to spend holidays together. You know, we have gone on family vacations together. And for him, knowing that this is normal, this is what his family looks like, when he goes to his friends' houses now, especially that he's older and he sees their parents are are home together, it's it's easy to understand why he might be confused as to, okay, well, my parents still talk to each other. My parents are, um, you know, they spend time together with me sometimes. How come they're not still married? 
and he has friends too now that are you know children of divorce and it's pretty common these days 50% and the he sees these kids and he knows that his friend isn't going to be there cuz he's going to be at his dad's you know at, at that day and so he he sees his friends being you know, shuttled back and forth and, and that, you know, disruptive, it, it disrupts his playtime at least. Right. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, he sees that and, uh, is more noticeable of it now. You know, I think, uh, he's not inquisitive as, as maybe, uh, you know, some girls, if we had a daughter or something, I think they'd have quite a bit more questions. Uh, but yeah, Gavin's been great. And the, and the questions will always come and there'll always be questions no matter what. And it'll just be different based on his age. But I remember real clearly when my parents sat me down and told me when I was eight and I knew, you know, it's like, you know, I don't think Gavin had an idea it's not like we were cats and dogs fighting right. so you know and he was obviously younger than I was but yeah I think it's yeah that was the tough conversation to have I remember I remember specifically actually you know it was 2015 it was September I was in San Francisco at the time and I think you had, Adam, been to the emergency room with a visit, <laughs> that you had had an accident <laughs> burning some fall yeah. foliage and trees in the backyard. Let's not go into that for the podcast. <laughs> However... That's a whole different podcast. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> um, but I, third degree skin burns. One thing with that, though, is... So while we were looking for a house, you think house hunting is stressful. We were had decided to separate in April and we were looking for a house and still living in the same house. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was the hardest was part, hard. I think from, you know, April to September to, to have that and mm-hmm. to kind of navigate that was really difficult. And, and, uh, yeah. But I remember, I remember, um, I remember talking about, because one thing that I mentioned on the podcast before has been, Airbnb. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about wellness and financial wellness. And when I, when I talk to people one-on-one, cause that's always an area that plays into chronic illness or disease. How are you going to pay for your treatment? How are you going to pay for yourself to move forward? And I, everybody I talked to, I was like, listen, here's the deal. I have rented a bedroom from my two bedroom apartment to strangers since 2012. And up until you know, January of last year. And it has saved my ass. And I remember we were speaking, you guys were looking for a multifamily home to be able to, because you didn't have a lot of extra cash lying around. But the idea on the table was, if you could find something that was a multifamily property, that maybe that other apartment could almost be a wash if you had two rentals in that. So can you speak a little bit about kind of what you were looking for and what you thought would work in your budget? We were really specific. And so you go through the options, right? So we could sell this house and move into two not-so-great apartments or two not-so-great houses that we you know, could afford and, and not be happy in Shalom, or we could give this a shot. But it had to be real specific. We had to find a three-family house in order to support it because you couldn't do a duplex because that wouldn't support the other mortgage, right? So if you only had a, a one apartment that wouldn't pay the full mortgage on, on a house. So we had to find a three unit and we had to find one where that we had a two bedroom so that we weren't sharing a, a bedroom in this apartment. So it was really specific. And 
it was really difficult to find. And we were lucky we had a great a friend of ours who was a realtor, uh, and she was fantastic. And it, it, everything happens for a reason. Can you name the realtor and the agency that she works for? Yes. Julie Gowen is amazing. She works for Remax and Pete Zizi, and they were fantastic throughout the whole process and continue to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Julie's just fantastic. And so this deal fell through. Uh, and like I said, and there's no coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. We love this property. Someone else is going to buy it. The deal fell through. I, I'm in D.C. at the time at like a concert, and they're like, the deal fell through. I'm like, sign it, sign it, sign it. And, you know, the guy's like lives in Japan or something, and we're like – Get his get his number. Get on there right now. Let's let's get it. Let's get it done. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Right. So we looked at how many houses do you think? I think we probably went through about twelve to fifteen places. And and it was like we said, it was really important that this property had to be within. I think twenty to twenty five minutes was really our limit between our house that we have in Henrietta. It had to be close by because we didn't want it to be too close. Though we didn't want any drop ins, right? So we'll say. But, you know, when we found this property, it was it was perfect because my brother happens to live down the street on the same part. He's on the same street, just a little bit further down. And so um, it was a neighborhood we were familiar with. And Julie was extremely knowledgeable about the area. And in general, you know, we were hoping to find something that felt like it's a, it needed to be a single family home. But in the sense that, you know, it was someone's. Someone had taken care of it, and um, it had character. It had the two separate bedrooms, like Adam mentioned, and it just felt like this was something that, even though the reason why we needed this property was probably one of the worst reasons that you could you could think of, but for what we needed it to be, it, it was perfect. And we should say, so... If you've ever been part of like House Hunters or like a renovation show, like that's like cause for divorce right there, (laughs) right? And there we are fixing up this place and, you know, a tenant moves out and we fix up the back and, you know, it's like flip or flap or whatever they're doing in their divorce and they're like button heads. But we were able to do it and we made it so that not only did we not have to pay a mortgage, a second mortgage, it was paid plus some. So it was an extra like $200 a month mm-hmm. that we put aside just for expenses for that property. So it was all, you know, and we shared the expense of the other things, but it it was really a godsend because we've always been splitting things down the middle and there's just absolutely no way we could pay for the type of uh, lifestyle we'd become accustomed to, uh, you know, just single family suburbia, you know, nice neighborhood. And it's, yeah, it's location, location, location. And it was, you know, you get working professionals in this area and uh, it's a hipster neighborhood. It's it's trendy and uh, yeah, it's nice. I mean, you like it, right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. My brother lives over there in the South Wedge of Rochester. Big shout out to Rochester on this podcast. Yes. So my 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 question, I kind of want to ask a few more questions about nesting. Um, what has nesting done for your relationship as a couple of divorce going forward? I think that one of the reasons when I started to think about why did our marriage fall apart? I can look back and, and pinpoint a moment in which, you know, we, Adam, I think, went through a tremendous period of growth. And unfortunately, I didn't really know how to handle that. I, I would love to think that, you know, 
it was more out of fear of not really understanding what does Adam's growth mean for me? And am I now still still a, a priority? Am I still worthy of this relationship? Because he's changed so many things about himself. When when I started to think about the opportunity that our nesting arrangement represented, it's kind of a moment where you you have to figure this out. You know, I, I have to figure this out for my son. If this means that I'm being pushed to grow when maybe I didn't feel I was ready to, and our separation is the catalyst for that, and in turn, it is Adam's idea that has really started this this ball rolling, so to speak. It's really allowed me to feel a sense of appreciation and being grateful for the fact that I have somebody in my life who is willing to to put our son first, who still is... I can still say to Adam, I'm having a bad day. Can you grab Gavin? You know, can I have an extra night? Can I, you know, I, I need I need you to do something for me. Or, and he can do the same, you know, with me. I think that's been something I didn't anticipate at coming out of this is that that period of growth for myself that I don't know that I would have, I think it would have taken me a, a, a lot longer to get there had it not been for something that, on paper is a terrible thing to go through. But for me, it was just a chance to really understand that I needed to, I needed to grow up too. I needed to change a few things about myself too. And we were, and, and Adam, how's it, how's it, how's it changed? Um, how's it changed your course? Having this um, choice cemented, be put into the physical. And then what have the, what have the last five years done for you? Yeah, it's kind of that growth. I mean, we were married for 10 years and together for 13 going back to college. I was there from the start. From the start. That's right. Buddy. (laughs) Buddy. Uh, So, yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, she was, Debbie was always uh, part of the gang. And it was, uh, it, it was hard to realize that you, if you don't change together, you know, because everybody changes, that you know, that can be an issue and that can lead to problems. And when that communication breaks down, it's, um, you know, it can, it can lead to, to issues. And, you know, the other thing too, is I believe in the analogy of the airplane masks where, you know, they say you have to put it over your face first before you put it over your child's because look, you're no good to them dead. You have to take care of yourself first in order to be any kind of a father or parent or partner to anybody. And yes, it seems selfish and I'm an only child and I will readily admit that I'm, I'm very selfish at times, but what this has done is again, it's helped me change hopefully for the better. Um, you know, I went through a physical transformation and that one made me want to change everything else uh, and change from the inside. Sometimes you have to change from the outside first to really start working on the internal side. And I think the communication has really been the best. I, I've been able to communicate, and I think Debbie too, of what I want, what I want out of a relationship, what I want out of being a parent, what I want out of being a co-parent. And being able to vocalize that and really sit with yourself and sit and see what you need. And I think that's been the best 
part of that and learning to do that has been it took me much longer to change that than it did my physical appearance Mm -hmm. so let's just sidebar there because the audience at home can't see adam adams how old are you adam Uh, almost 40 39 he's he's 39 he's almost 40 um there was a time in in college when we were there and we were very much similar body types and we both have shaved heads so we look like brothers and we were both about the same size and then there was a time after college where adam what was your what was your top you you gained a little bit of weight yeah so i was 185 going into college 225 leaving college and i got up to 260 pounds and not good pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adam was not a healthy guy. I remember. No. I remember coming home, you know, because I was in the middle of, you know, singing and dancing in New York, and and super super physical and active, and and you'd kind of sank into a little bit of a depression. Oh, big time! I was an alcoholic. I was, you know, it was, it was my 20s, you know, but it was a whole decade of letting myself go, and you know, like I said, really drinking my feelings away and not being able to express myself and getting lost and, you know, at the bottom of that hole. And I stopped drinking and a month after Gavin was born and that I lost 10 pounds right there. And then I started getting back to the gym and and working out, took about a year and a half, lost 80 pounds and became a personal trainer uh, because that really inspired me to help others. And, yeah, it's been a wild ride. So I've maintained it for, you know, a decade. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Nine years and let's see, eight months sober. Yeah. Yeah. So you've lost all that weight. Adam's in amazing shape. It's, it's incredible. I feel like such a weakly yeah. flabby. <laughs> I'm gumby. the stocky Fred. I'm the st- <laughs> I, I do. I do. It's very intimidating in the gym. But so Adam's doing really great and he does tons of theater and he's involved in the arts and you're still not drinking, right? No, nine years, yeah, eight months sober. Nine so, years yeah. sober. Yeah. And Debbie has an amazing job at Paychecks, and you've continued to climb that ladder there, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, I've been at Paychecks at the end of December. It will be 17 years. I'm a program manager there. I I love my job. I've made some incredible friendships. Um, and I'm taking my an exam in a couple months to have my certification as for a project manager. So. Incredible. Incredible. And it's an amazing company in Rochester. So you guys are doing really good. You're thriving. You know, one thing I want to say about, I know families are out there and I can see people like scrunching their nose and be like, oh my God, I couldn't imagine doing this with a person that I didn't want to be with. But, you know, whether you decide to do something outside of the box, like nesting, or you decide to work through with an unconventional therapist, holistic therapy, whatever you choose to do, um, and I think you guys know this, is that you've you've got to be aware how intelligent children are and how in tune they are to the energy in the room. And working with energy and frequency and being a Reiki healer and a coach and, you know, working with subtle energies like amp coil, I'm so in tune. And one thing I witness is children, they pick up information so fast without hearing it, they actually feel it. So whether you're going to, again, you're going to make a choice like you guys do to do something very proactive and nest or, you know, or you're going to just, you know, I, I know, you know, my parents stayed together, even though probably 
you know, too long, a little too little long. Too long. Right. You know, and so that was my model for yep. a, a relationship. And you know, you could say there's very noble things they sacrificed. You know, everything for the children, but then. What do the children witness as a model for healthy communication? You know, everything, there's a there's a consequence to every choice. And just being around Gavin and seeing you guys, I mean, I think it's a right choice. Um, and the audience, just so the audience knows, you guys were flown down to New York City to be yeah. on the now infamous <laughs> Megan <laughs> Megan Kelly show, right? The Today Show with yes. Megan Kelly. The Today Show yes. with Megan Kelly. Now Megan Kelly doesn't work for the Today no, Show anymore. No. no, but she was very nice to us. Yes. She was uh, she's gracious host. That was a great experience. Say. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's neat, and you know, it takes a village. It, it really does, and it might not be right for everybody, but I, I would really encourage people to think outside the box and do what's right for them, and focus on that. And there's no wrong answer, you know. Like I said, they, like you said, the it's you put the kid first, and you have to put your feelings aside, no matter what that person has done to you in that relationship or what they've said. You you know you've got to put the, the the kid first and focus on that, and whether that's through therapy or mediation or anything else, all of which we have done and are big proponents of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gavin's therapist, we were in therapy the other day and he says, you are the coupleest uncouple I've ever seen, you know, so it was a compliment, but yeah, it was pretty funny. And to be honest, I mean, I, when we first moved into the rental property, I hated it at first. I remember that. I remember that. I mean, it was the first time that I was forced to spend time by myself and for an extended period of time. And it was just this realization that there's this is what my life is now like. And I'm not gonna see my son every day. And instead of I think it took me a good, you know, three or four months of realizing that yes, this is not at all what I thought it was gonna be. You know, I, I never thought that I would be, you know, thirty something years old. I'm not with my son's dad anymore. I'm living in a property that I don't own really like it's not it's not my style it's not where I want to be and but eventually what came out of that was this appreciation for the fact that you know 3 days out of the week I get to just be me you know and that sounds a little strange because of course you know at our course we're always ourselves but when I'm with my son I am his mom you know I'm that's the the hat I wear and but when I'm not with him, that gives me an opportunity to to start to uncover some of those things about, you know, what was so scary about spending time with myself and un, and really understanding what do I want to do with my time and how do I want to spend that and realizing that I don't think I did a very good job advocating for myself in a relationship and understanding that, you know, I not to say that I didn't have a voice. Of course I did. I don't know that I ever really used it as much as as I could have or should have. And some of that goes back to we talk about communication and making sure that your partner, your husband, your spouse, whoever knows, you know, what page are you guys on? Are you guys even reading out of the same book, so to speak? But it it absolutely was the right decision for us to to nest and to have this arrangement and it's worked so well. It's 
it's silly. Like, thanks, Gwyneth Paltrow, for, yeah. <laughs> for introducing you, the Gwyneth world. Thank you, Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Chris Martin, for all the great music. Never thought I would say that. So, I know, I know. So, so, so you don't one, have to be rich to do it. You don't have to be rich to do it. You can be creative. You can be creative. I think the one takeaway for me is if you want to find a way, um, there's always a way through. It might not be what you envision it to be, but just be open. There's other choices out there. There's people that are doing this. There's great examples. I'm sure there's great websites online at this point about nesting. There's books. There's resources. There's support groups for parents that are nesting. And that's something you can definitely um, reach out there and grab. Guys, I think this is a great little token for parents looking for a resource and probably just to dip the toe in the water on the topic. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to close it up, but because this is a beautifully broken podcast, um, I'm going to ask you both, what, what does it, what does it mean? And you went through this lovely, and I'm just going to look, I, guys, I'm going to take pause. I need to look back at this wedding picture one more time. Behind me. <laughs> it's still on the wall. It's such a beautiful wedding photo. So you went through this, you know, went through this life choice to get married. Um, it didn't, it didn't unfold the way you thought it would. You know, I'm sure no regrets, but what what is it what does it mean to you to to be beautifully broken and go through this process of a breakdown and a build back up? I'll Adam, you can go first. Yeah, I think beautifully broken. I think everybody's broken and everybody breaks down, and it's how you pick yourself back up and how you remake yourself that counts. And that's what it is to me. It's not being stuck in a mold and doing what you have to do to break out, whether that's break down, whether that's hit the bottom, whether that's, you know, be at the lowest, then do it. And I think that sometimes that's what it takes. And, and then you have to realize it and then you have to really figure out what it is you want and how how to do that. And I don't think you can do that with a lot of the society's constructions in, in place. That has to all be broken down. And and again, it's, it's how you rebuild yourself that makes it beautifully. And, and I'm constantly having to do that. And it, there's a fine line between being complacent and being content. And that's the hardest thing for me is, you know, it seems like every five years I have to break myself down to build myself back up again in some form or fashion. And uh, it's it's an evolution. And that's that's what it is. And if you ever want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans, right? So that was a great answer, Debbie. Take it away. I think for me, at the time when Adam and I were in mediation, one of the things that the mediator asked him was, why did you want to get married? And I was really upset by Adam's response because it was very much a, well, that's what you do. You know, you you meet somebody, you start dating them, certain amount of time goes by, you pop the question, then a certain amount of time goes by, you have a kid. And my heart sank because I it, it tr- almost trivialized many of the things that people consider milestones. But Looking back on it now, it starts to make more sense in with the idea that there are a lot of expectations that we have become used to is this idea that, you know, you should be with one person forever or that you're always going to feel the same way about somebody as you do when you first meet them. And 
with everything that Adam and I have gone through, I think it's allowed me to understand that even though my first marriage and my first serious relationship didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to, the things that it has allowed me to understand about myself and what I want in a relationship and the things that I kind of didn't didn't do as well the first time around, it's allowed me to really understand that there's there's I look at what's going to happen next as an opportunity for me to really to show that I've learned those lessons and apply those lessons moving forward. You know, not to say that, of course, I don't thank Adam for our marriage ending. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. Um, But I do know that I wouldn't have had as much growth had we had not gone through this um, over the last five years or so. Beautiful. Well, you guys are, I'm such a fan of you both. I'm so proud of you. The nesting podcast has been on my mind for a long time. And as I was as I was driving to my dad's house for Christmas today, our, our pre-Christmas celebration, I was like, Adam, do you think Debbie would be down for the nesting? He was like, <laughs> let me check if she's home. <laughs> so we got to do it live, which is so much better. And we will um we'll we'll check back in at some point. You know, we're at we're at the five year mark now, right? Five, five, six year now mark now. And if anybody, you know, if anybody wants to reach out and ask Adam or Debbie questions. I know, Adam, you're on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and feel free to give you my email. It's just my name, Adam Petzl, the Gmail. And I'm always available to answer questions and happy to help. You know, it's if we can inspire, and that's one of the reasons we did the Today Show. Uh, Debbie didn't really want to do it. She was a little <laughs> nervous, but she that was her thing. She's like, if we can help one other couple, mm-hmm. it's worth it. And is there a, there's a link to the Today Show episode, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just my name in Today Show. I think it'll pop up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well I'll, I'll put that yeah. in the show notes as well. Yeah. I think that's a great resource for mm-hmm. people. And again, tools, tools. There's tools out there. There's information. You know, we're drowning. We also, I always say this. We're drowning in information. We're starving for knowledge. I think the application of the information that you guys have put into action to create this beautiful nest is this is the heart explosion that Beautifully Broken is all about. So thank you so much for being here, guys. Thank you, you, Freddie. Namaste. Namaste. Ladies and gentlemen, you made it to the end of the podcast. Now, in a world where the average attention span is less than 10 seconds, we just spent almost an hour together. And I think this is the beginning of something really beautiful. Now, one way to support the podcast is to head over to freddysetgo.com and check out my newly launched page, Freddy's Faves, where I've linked every five-star product and healing modality you hear about on the show. Most offer significant discounts by clicking the link. And please know, it doesn't cost you anything extra, and at the same time, they support the show through affiliation. So, check out Freddy's Faves on freddysetgo.com. This episode of the Beautifully Broken Podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, Ampcoil upgrading the vibrations of hearts, minds, and bodies all over the world. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. Grabbing a download is like giving this virtual thumbs up that we're doing it right. And if you want to connect with me, shoot me a message on Instagram at freddysetgo.com or at freddysetgo. That's all for today. Our closing, our closing, the world is hurting. We need you at your very best. So take the steps today 
to always be upgrading whatever it takes to move the needle. Remember, while life is pain, putting those fractured pieces back together is a beautiful process. I'm your host. I love you. Namaste. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.